Hi everyone, you're listening to Humanize Your Workplace with Alyssa Carpenter, where we chat about all things, well, human. On each of these bite-sized episodes, I'll give you something new to try to become more self-aware, help you build better work relationships, or just try to get you through a sticky work situation. It all starts with an open mind and a conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to Humanize Your Workplace. Today, we have a special guest, Brian Foland, and he's the author of Ditch the Act and a personal branding expert. I'm really excited to have him here as we keep hearing all the time about the importance of personal branding. And as we start to talk about building relationships and humanizing your workplace, I think this is just a great topic. So thank you so much, Ryan, for coming. You are very welcome. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit, well, one, what is personal branding? What does it even mean? So I get asked that question quite a bit. And the good news that I give is that you already have a personal brand. If you don't think that you do, it just means that you're not really participating in the narrative of your brand. And if you think of your life as a play, uh, a live action film, or a live drama, or a live romantic comedy, whatever you want to think of it as, your story is being written with every single word that comes out of your mouth. The scenes are set by where you show up, where you are, where you live, where you go on vacation, where you work, what you do. And a personal brand is not just what you want to be known as, and it's not just what other people think about you as. It is the intersection between those two. And as you start to acknowledge or accept that you have a personal brand and you are excited about um, the concept of, of who you want to be known as, you can start to put together the pieces and start to decide what you want to be known as and then start to create content and, and start to write new scenes or participate, be a guest writer in your own story to then start to articulate and share things that are in line with that and it will match up eventually with what people know you as. So it's it's a particular intersection between the two and that's actually really exciting because mm -hmm. other people don't determine your brand, you don't determine your brand. It's a sort of partnership that plays out in real life every day. And it's so interesting because I, I do a lot of work, obviously, with millennials and, and Gen Z, and they're really looking for kind of the connection with the workplace, the connection with their supervisor, being more coaching. And how how can we use that? How can we use personal branding to be more human at work, to build connections with people, regardless of the generation that you're in? So when you look at the second thing you said, which is building connections, I really believe that people connect with other people. And the fastest way to connect with somebody is to find common ground. And if you've ever thought of a situation, let's say you go out and you meet somebody and then you're like, oh my gosh, this person and I totally clicked. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that you like similar things. You have similar styles. You have similar uh, ways that you operate, ways that you think. Uh, and so the more that you help people to expose or share things about themselves that actually show who they are and what their interests are beyond what their job title is, it actually opens up more intersections and more connections with people. I, I really look at work as you know investment in time, and we all share this limited resource of time, and there's more noise than ever. And it's crazy to think how much time we invest 
in earning a living and, and working at a job. Like if you think about it, right? Like you're literally yeah. living for the weekend sometimes. And that's a, mis <laughs> that's a miserable thought. That's a miserable yeah. existence. And you hear you do what you love and then, you know, it's not like work, but that's a bit existential. When you think about what you do on the weekends, you're hanging out with your friends. You maybe are in a more relaxed atmosphere. You're doing things that you enjoy. I think that becoming more human and once employers develop cultures that allow people to really bring their whole selves to work, then you know, your work day can have a vacation mentality. You're, you're working with people that you enjoy. You're getting to know them for who they are and not just their job title. And so it becomes sort of a, a, an environment where there is connection. And when you get people excited about what they're doing and the people that they're working with, productivity increases, uh, mm -hmm. retention lowers, and all these benefits that an employer might look for. But the answer is sometimes hiding in plain sight. Um, you know, Culture isn't just offering a video game room and letting your pets come in on Wednesdays. It's the opportunities that people have day in, day out to include and incorporate other people into their into their lives, right? Mm -hmm. One example is your classic nobody wanting to go first scenario. And this is something we talk about in Ditch the Act where it's very, very hard to go first. Yes. But <laughs> everybody wants to go second, right? If you look yeah. at... If you look at the Me Too movement, how difficult for so many years has it been for those people to sit, to be the first to say, this happened to me. The world seemed to be against them, like in all measures and forms. But as soon as that one person did it, it made it easier for the next person and the next person and the next person. And we are now in this environment that is so much more conscious of rights for women and respect for women and sexual abuse against women and, and all these things just because enough people went first. Mm -hmm. Now, that's that's a heavy topic, but bring it to the workplace. And let's say that after it's a Monday and people are like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I feel great. How about you? Oh, I'm great. Yeah, my weekend was great. How about you? Oh, it was awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. But literally uh, the last two nights I had weird, bad dreams, like crazy bad dreams. That, like I don't normally dream. And I had these weird dreams. And today when I woke up, I kind of like I wasn't sure what to do about it. And so I shared it on Twitter and I literally said, I had some really weird, bad, scary dreams last couple nights. I'm not sure if like I should worry about it or if it says something else, but like, I don't know, like that just happened to me. And the flurry and and volume of people who have basically said, oh my gosh, me too, or this happens to me, or when I get unsweetened sugar, artificial sugar, oh, it's when I drink Diet Coke. Oh no, you shouldn't eat cheese before you go to bed. Oh no, <laughs> it's something saying you're stressed. Like everybody is telling me about their experience with having bad dreams. Mm -hmm. And so in an office environment, if if nobody goes first from just a personal level, like, yeah, you know, what, my weekend wasn't that great. I had to visit my in-laws and I got in a fight with my 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 mother-in-law and it was it was kind of tense. You've gone first. <laughs> now, the next person is like, oh, my gosh, you wouldn't even believe what happened to me. And then this and this. And so when we let our guards down a little bit and, and we're we're sharing what we call level one and level two exposures. It lets people add value to the conversation by bringing their own experience into it. And when you share your experience, the key is you get people to get to know you. And there are so many corporate environments with people sitting and working in cubicles next to each other that don't know who they work with. Right. They don't know who those people are. And so if you don't let your guard down a little bit, if you don't be a little bit vulnerable, if you're not, if you're afraid to share the simple, silly stuff that you're probably texting your friends, then you're not going to create that connection. Because if they don't know you, 
How are they going to like you? And if they don't like you, how are they going to trust you? And in a work environment, if there's too much rigidity and too much like, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to all do this. It's like, no, but really, if you have a team building or you all go bowling or you do stuff, you get to see people where their guards are down. Maybe they're less fearful of like looking weak. And then that's where the connection happens. And how do you start those conversations? Because sometimes it's like, oh, not a big deal. Just walk up to someone and say, how was your weekend or how was your day? But what if you're scared or, or nervous to be put in that position and an employee of any level? How do you start that conversation and share some vulnerable thing about the weekend or your bad dreams? You start small. Mm -hmm. That's how you start anything is you start small. And starting small could be practicing with your existing friends. It could be uh, calling your brother and sister. It could be warming up to um, uh, uh, somebody who you've found that you uh, have built a slight relationship with already. It could be to a boss. It could be uh, letting people know that this weekend was really exhausting and you're curious, like, what do you do when you get exhausted? Like, what's your remedy? It could be low level stuff like that. Like, hey, you know, I was thinking about trying yoga, but I'm just, I'm not sure. It seems like it's kind of hippie-ish or something like, oh no, you know, you, you blah, 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 blah. So the goal to anything is starting, starting, starting small. Um, the mistake would be if somebody is like, oh yeah, be vulnerable work. They show up and they're like, second day on the job. They're like, hey, I'm going through divorce. Anybody know that? You're like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. The other thing that you can do is start to be aware of the things that you're thinking, start to be aware of the things that you're feeling, and then work through those in your capacity. But once you're sort of on the other side of it, you can share these things as a matter of reflection. And it's one thing to say, like, I feel miserable today. It's another thing to say, hey, you know, the last couple of weeks, like I was feeling a little down, but I'm, I, I went out on a sailboat this weekend for the first time and it, and it got me out in nature. And I realized like, I think I just need a little bit more nature in my life. So when you're sharing things a bit in reflection, you're still able to be vulnerable, but you're not putting yourself at risk of, of feeling like you're exposing yourself too much too early. Have you seen any organizations or work with any organizations where they were just doing it exceptionally well and you notice something different about their culture? So I work uh, in higher education at UC Irvine, and I can't speak for the whole campus, but I can definitely speak for the office in which I work, and it's the Office of the Vice Provost for Teaching and Learning. And within there, uh, the relationship that I have with my coworkers and with my boss uh, and, and with people within that organization, it's a very friendly, uh, open, supportive environment that is sort of caked into um, the process by the people who are the leaders in place. Mm -hmm. And it starts with Michael Denon, who's the vice provost of that office. And he's he's known as the approachable professor. He, he literally has, uh, he has these you know, YouTubes where it's ask a vice provost. He, he brings students in. He's like, ask me anything you want. Um, and so culture really starts at the top mm -hmm. and somebody has to lead by that example. My boss is so funny. Like literally he's making jokes most of the time and it just <laughs> brings this like lightness to the, to the environment. But at the same time, when we have our one-on-ones, he really shares some of the stuff that's going on in his life uh, with his family that is like a level three or level four. And he trusts me with that information. And because he trusts me with that information, I actually feel comfortable sharing with him some of the challenges that, that I'm having. Like these, these larger 
private, these larger issues, but in a private conversation. And then now we have this like understanding and maybe he's a little bit um, more understanding of me uh, and I'm more understanding of him. So I can only personally speak from my experience in, in that capacity. But when you have leaders that are uh, okay to come down from their pedestal and, and, and get dirty and go bowling with you and, and have honest conversations, I think that's the start. Yeah, it's so interesting you said my background is also in higher education, and I found that a lot. Um, and it really came from the top down. It was our our dean, our vice dean, and then the directors who really set the tone to kind of ask me anything. I'm available for questions. I really do have an open door, you know, policy. It's not just, you know, I say it. And it was, you know, revealing a little bit about themselves. Because when someone shares information about themselves, you want to share about yourself. You want to be yes. involved in the conversation. But it's tough if you're an entry-level employee. You might not go up to your manager and say, hey, this is what I'm doing this weekend. But if somebody creates that space, it makes it more comfortable. Yeah, and there's always a time and place. And if you're an employee on your second day in the job, like you should be, you, you should be really minding your P's and Q's for the first 30 days. I mean, you should be really listening more than you're talking. You should be finding out uh, the, the politics. You should be understanding the culture so that you can figure out where to fit in. And I think sometimes some of the supposed challenges with millennials is that they might walk in and be like, what are you going to do for me? And I think that at the end of the day, like the, the, the mentality should be, how can I best fit in and support this environment with my strengths and 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 bring everyone up and i want to make a, a clarification that when you're exposing yourself for these these things there's this assumption that there are always things that are going wrong right? right but having a bad dream is nothing that i did wrong being exhausted is not anything that's like uh you know that's that i did by like by my own accord uh, i might have just had a uh, hard time sleeping or things such as that. So it's not always that you're always sharing the negative, but it's that you're not just only sharing the positive, right? It's it's yeah. that when you only share the good, you're missing out on the connections that you'll have where people will be like, oh my gosh. Uh, another great example is is losing stuff. I lose stuff all the time. And that's a real <laughs> easy low level, like lost a pair of glasses. How was your weekend? Great. Aside from the fact that I lost another pair of glasses. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could write a book about the things I've lost, you know, and it's like, oh, we're, we lose stuff. Like it's humans. It's okay. I misplaced it. So it doesn't always have to be like emotionally re revealing or anything, right? Yeah. It can just be things that make you human. And I think that as a candidate these days to be truly a, a, a great candidate, you have to be resilient and you have to showcase your resiliency and you have to be okay to say, you know what, I learned a lot from those mistakes and I'm better because of it. Uh, speaking of, of Vice Provost Michael Denon, he has a, a TEDx talk which uncovers the difference between success and winning. Nice. And it's fascinating because there are studies even that a a student who struggles with coursework in college, and let's say they maybe got some C's, and then by the time their senior year came around, they were getting B's and A's, there's an argument that that student is going to be a better employee than somebody who came in with straight A's, got straight A's, and left with straight A's. And the reason is that 
when you deal with adversity, when you get a C and move to an A, that, that's what happens in real life. Like, you, you don't assume that you can just sort of breeze through things. And if there's one thing that happens in most businesses is that there's something that will go wrong. Customers will get upset. There's, you know, systems will break. And it's your ability to navigate within that system. And I always tell people that <clears throat> your expertise is derived from your experience. And it's not just all the good experience. Now, how do you share those experiences? You share them through stories. And these are the stories that make up the personal brand that we talked about originally. And so when I help people or they ask for advice when it comes to interviewing, I tell them, answer with stories. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. Uh, tell me about a strength. Uh, well, here's my strength. Let me explain to you a story when I was back in high school or when I was in college. People connect with People actually, here's here's an interesting insight. People don't care about your story. They care about how they see themselves in your story. That's true. That's really true. And so we all bring unique assets to the table. And we all have unique experiences. And we're in this world where we're behind devices and in front of computers. And, and really, there is a legitimate filter that pretty much goes across social media where we feel pressure to only share the good, and that's going to impact how we share offline as well. And so true connectivity comes in being perfectly imperfect. It's in, it's in the, uh, the delta. It's in the changes. It's in those areas where you give people a chance to relate to you. And so, again, it doesn't have to be all boo-hoo, woe-is-me sappiness. It's just life. It's, uh, I, had a, I had a situation where I was going to work out in the morning, and I went to get two matching socks. Now I've given up matching socks for my dress socks. Like I just mix and match. <laughs> but for my workout socks, because I've shopped at Costco over the last five years and because Costco always changes the brand or the slight production value, I have a whole bunch of variety of like, you know, Costco, whether Adidas or Puma or whatever it is. And they're all slightly different. So I was like, I just need my pair of socks. And I dug through, I found seven individual socks that I could not find a pair for. <laughs> It's like my house. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. You just went second. Okay. Sounds like my house, right? And I tweeted out, like, where do all the left socks go? And everybody chirped in, like, oh, my gosh, they're in the dryer. They're over here. They're stuck in the vent. You know, your kid took it. Like, it's just like just matching socks. Like, what a good example of, of you wanting to participate in that experience. You know, pens running out, ink drying up. Like, like there's a lot of office stuff that happens. Staples running out just when you need the last staple. And then you don't know where they are. You know, yeah. it's like, it's this idea of being okay with just at a real low level, level, you know, level one. These are things that you, silly things that you think of that you don't say, things that you text to your friends. And this is how you start to build the relationships. And as you connect with people, you can move to level two, which is about, you know, challenges that you have with other people. And then eventually level three, where you get people to really know more of what's behind the scenes. And then they start to become like your, your ally. And back to how do you build connections at work? It's just community. It's tribe. People hang out with and associate with people that have similar like interests. And at work, when you have a conglomeration of a whole bunch of different people from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, it's not saying you have to mesh with everybody, but you have to give the opportunity to find out who you mesh with. Right. Um, even think of an age barrier. There are some people who are quite older than me, and we get along so well because we, we just click and we connect. And so 
I think it's more, you know, transcends age. It transcends race. It, it's literally, it's that human connection. And how do you get it? How do you spark it? How do you start it? You start small and you just start to share some of the stuff that makes you human. It, it sounds so simple, but when you start to practice it, you'll be like, oh my gosh, wow. People actually like, I feel connected, but you can't connect with people unless they have something to connect about. That's so true. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. And we will also connect next week where we'll be able to kind of dig a little bit deeper into some of the other elements you talk about. And how can our audience get in touch with you? You can find me at ryanfoland.com. I'm most active on Twitter, so at ryanfoland. And then ditchtheact.com is where you can get your guide, your map to find the treasure of what it means to be uh, yourself. <laughs> We're... <laughs> We're literally helping you reveal the surprising power that you have by being yourself. And, and that's a very empowering, that's a very exciting thing to stand by and talk about. And you can also follow Ditch at Ditch the Act. Uh, he's, got, he's got a social, he, she, it, it's got accounts <laughs> on all different platforms as a that's book. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you again. I really appreciate you being here. All right. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Sounds great. And if our listeners have any other questions or that they want to be answered on upcoming podcasts, just reach out to me. I'm also really active on Twitter at not okay. That's okay. Until next time. Thanks again for listening. But did you know that you can leave me a voice message to answer any questions on an upcoming episode? Just go into the show notes and the link will be there at the bottom for you to send me that message. Have a great day.